if your tum tum goes rumbling. <clears throat> if the tum tum rumbles, it will be, it will be caught. Well, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of of Get in the Cage. Get in the Cage, where two men, Cameron Efferton, myself, and Dustin Brewer, myself over here, discuss the life and works. Nicholas Cage. Of actor Nicholas Cage. Film actor. American. American true treasure. True hero. Really. True hero. Nicholas Cage. Tonight we watched. We watched the first national treasure. The first national treasure. Because they made two. It made so much money. To start this off, I should probably let you know myself, Cameron. Um, Nicholas Cage is okay, <laughs> he's alright. Um, I find hilarity in the things that he does, but it's hard to, like, get through his films sometimes, which I learned tonight with National Treasure, something I was steadfast on never watching. Uh, yeah, before we started I, I it, he did, he did say, I have never seen this on principle of I said I would never see this. Ever. I've had no interest in seeing National Treasure tonight. <laughs> For this podcast, I've watched National Treasure, and let me tell you, that was a chore. <laughs> that was certainly a chore. Well, really quick, he he is right. He's not not the biggest Nicolas Cage fan. He does find enjoyment in it. As for me, I uh, <clears throat> pretty steadfast in enjoying him. Like I'll, I'll you watch. You saw Left Behind in theaters. I sure did. And we'll probably get to that one later on. Based in, off the novel series? Based the off the... Jesus no, the Jesus Writer novel series. And a remake of the Kirk Cameron film. Those, yes. <clears throat> uh, on Jesus channels, right? Like, yeah. Hallmark I, Jesus. I saw it, and I, I find this enjoyment in him that makes even the worst movie, like, entertaining. Like, there's something about watching him in these movies for me... That I don't know if it's because I sit and I imagine what he was like making them, or I think about like what frame of mind he was in when he picked something. Like, you don't just <clears throat> think he's in a cocaine frame of mind? Not, not entirely. Like I would assume, like early Cage is probably more coked out. A than... stupor of barbiturates. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I would I would think that he like maybe early on was was burning through, but I think now he. Just you don't needs think money. he was high on coke when he spent like one point six million dollars on a comic book? No, I think he just kind of wanted the comic book. I, we know he's a comic book collector. I'm a comic book collector. You could say, but I would never spend one point six million dollars on a comic book. What or name my son kal What if you had millions and millions of dollars and could just no. frugally indulge because no. you have no. No, because then I would go bankrupt like he did. He Comic books did not bankrupt him. Um, I can guarantee you maybe a few did. No, a poor business decisions from an ill-advised manager. Doesn't that always sink everyone, though? More or That's less. That's always kind of the issue. Like, wouldn't you think, like, at this point, Why, so, celebrities you, have learned... Don't like, have a manager. Don't have a manager. And <laughs> even more so, like, if they're related to you, keep them away. But you need a manager. Like, the manager is the one who, like, gets you parts or whatever, I guess. Early, this is just me going based off of what I see in movies. Early on, I would assume you need a manager and an agent and stuff, but, like... An agent, the, yeah, an agent. You get to the things. point where it's, Entourage like... Entourage taught me what an, 
what, what an agent, agent is. And the, yeah. The, yeah. But I mean, like, you get to the point where you're big enough that you don't need someone telling you what to do. It's not like you listen to them anyways. Yeah. Like, like you get to the point where you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to do that. Like, like, Jennifer Lawrence can keep making all the crappy David O. Russell movies she wants. Do you think that at any point someone was like, hey, Nick, don't do this. Hey, Nick, don't do that. I am sure everyone, someone is and you like know what? begging him somewhere. Like, no, Nick, please stop. Do... Don't do trespass with Nicole Kidman, which we'll get to <laughs> at some point. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, National Treasure was uh, was the first one. We decided to kick it off, and it's why kind did of we dive into that. See, I, you your just idea, it. like my well, yeah, our idea for this was well, not our idea. I'm sorry, this is Dustin's <laughs> idea for this podcast. The idea originally came, get in the cage, get in the cage. The idea is we have a literal cage. And like a bird cage, like like just like yeah, like a cage or like a small like like a hamster cage or something. It could be like a bird cage, just like a small, smallish cage. And what we do is we wrote down all of his movies that he's made on little pieces of paper, and we put them in the cage. Maybe a bingo cage. And so it could be a bingo cage. It just has to just any cage. And the idea is every time. We do a new episode. We get in the cage and find what movie we're going to be discussing for that episode. We did not do this for this one. <clears throat> we did not. We didn't think we were going to be doing it tonight. We didn't have a cage at the ready. So we were We just... knew we were doing a podcast, but we didn't know where we wanted to start. And I was <clears throat> a little fickle. This is on true. what I wanted to do. So, But it was more his idea anyway. So, I mean, really, he should have taken the reins. So... We decided on a whim that it would be National Treasure. And it feels like a bit of a weird one because to the people that have seen National Treasure, it's not exactly like... So even the people who haven't seen National Treasure. It's not exactly a Nicolas Cage movie. Like, I mean, like, he's in it. You don't get the full cage. You, you do not get the full cage. He's extremely, like, restrained. And I think it's because Disney made it. There's a limit <clears> on the cage. There's not enough rage cage? No, uh, there's a... Cage rage? A dire lack of cage rage. I don't even think he yells at anyone. Like, he looks exasperated. I think he did. Even Sean Bean, like, the bad guy of the movie, and he doesn't even yell at it. Like, he doesn't... He is very calm. That's something I found very boring about the film. It's... So we'll get into the film. So National Treasure, cold opens with... His dad, his grandpa. His, his grandpa talking to him as a child. About his about dollar bill. All this treasure that the founding fathers hid. They hid it. And the idea is there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence, and you can use that to find this lost treasure of the forefathers, the founding fathers. And so he grows up believing that, and he becomes kind of a, like a modern-day de facto... He's a truther. Indiana Jones, yeah, like he's like a like no, an he's an insane guy who like luckily stumbles upon the right conspiracy theory. I mean, you could argue that Indiana Jones was an insane guy that stumbled upon the. No, he kind of like like he kind of knew where things were. I mean, Cage did the first like scene... Indiana Jones goes into that temple with a plan. It's just the bag was a little didn't weigh the right the right amount, you know. Yeah, that's true. And really, back then, how are you gonna really know? How would you? He's yeah. guesstimating at that point. In this, he just kind of like goes in half cocked. Well, I mean, he finds out that like every like there's no real his his father had been researching all the same things he's going after for twenty years. It says he's yeah he was about twenty years and he all his research comes up as a failure so. 
that tells me that no matter what, it's probably a myth. I shouldn't believe in it. But still, crazy old Nicolas Cage decides to roll with it, and he's like, I'm finding this national fucking treasure. So we see him in the Arctic Circle with a team that includes Sean Bean and Doug from the Hangover movies. Alex Trevelyan <laughs> and non-black Doug. The Doug that was not funny. The, the, not, the Doug that gets left on the roof in the first Hangover. <clears throat> and uh, they're in the Arctic Circle. Not the funny Doug played by Mike Epps. And they find like what looked to be like the Liberty Bell. It was... Yes, it was, <clears throat> I believe, the Liberty Bell. Buried in, in the, the snow of the Arctic Circle. And on it, they find more clues. And he's like, oh, this is just what we need. We got, we got all the clues. And lo and behold, in a twist that literally no one could see possibly coming, Sean Bean betrays them. And So, two minutes... This is actually no, this is like five, ten minutes into the movie. Maybe ten. Maybe ten minutes in the movie. I said, Sean Bean's the bad guy, isn't he? And I said, No, it's a lot more like the Italian job than that. And I said, No, seriously, Sean Bean's the bad guy in this movie. And uh this is before Sean Bean betrays them. <laughs> so it's a real predictable film. I mean, yeah, but it's also like a kid's movie made by Disney. So, so they're not exactly yeah, gonna no, break. They're not gonna break new ground. They're in some type of like, like frozen ship. They're in, yeah, they're in like a sunken looking ship in the sunken, Arctic Circle, yeah. and so Sean Bean betrays them, and it's him and and Doug from The Hangover, not funny Doug, and they have to find their way out, and like the ship is like filled with gunpowder for whatever reason. And he's trying to like blackmail and like blackmail his way out, threaten his way out to, to safety. He's got this flare, and he's like, "If you shoot me, I'm gonna drop this flare, and we're all gonna blow up because there's gunpowder everywhere." So then Sean Bean's like, "Come on, you're not gonna do that. There's all this stuff here. We just found this cool treasure map." Like, and not... then he fucking does. And then he like is like, "No!" And he throws the flare. Fucking Sean Bean, <laughs> like a fucking. Master like, judo like, ninja motherfucker like catches it G. with his with his mittens on. He catches, catches it with flare. mittens. Catches it perfectly upright too. Like doesn't even oh, catch yeah. it by the flame. Like he oh, catches yeah. it perfect, and then is like ha ha ha. And as he's like ha ha, it blows up in his hand. No no no, like, it catches his hand on fire. It catches yeah, like it doesn't blow like, up. It's a flare. Well, I mean, like <laughs> it's not dynamite. It's a flare. <laughs> So the flare catches his arm on fire. Because he's wearing, like, highly flammable ra- radon, like... Winter wear. Winter like, wear. It's well, just so flammable. Because it is you're the not... Arctic Circle. You don't expect fire in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, why would you have fire when you're, like, traversing the Arctic Circle? It, I don't get it. Fuck warmth. So, <laughs> needless to say, being in someone else that's bad that you never... I never really listened to his name. I didn't pay attention to his name. It doesn't matter. Being and his the henchman... There escape. are four characters in this film. There's Nicolas Cage. There's Nicolas Cage. His dad. His dad. Some random woman. The Oh, yeah, the woman. Doug. Doug. Okay, there's five. And Sean Trevelyan. Bean. And then five. So I mean, have, Sean Bean. So we have five characters. I mean, Ned Stark. <clears throat> I mean, Jupiter Ascending. B-Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he uh, is. He's a B man. He is. He's a B man. Jupiter Ascending is a movie that could have used Nicolas Cage. Oh, easily. You put him in the Eddie Redmayne role. No, you keep that atrocious performance. You talk about retroactively taking away someone's Oscar. That that should be one of those things. Oh, oh yeah, I would agree. But so they escaped like from taking the, away Nicolas Cage's Oscar. I would disagree. He he earned that. He earned it. He deserves it. And he wears that that Academy Award winner flag proud. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so. Yeah, he does. They get out. They get out of this winter winter situation. All of them get out alive. And Nicolas Cage. Oh, actually, mind you, everyone in this movie gets out alive. Oh yeah, there are no stakes except for one henchman who falls down a hole. There are no stakes. No, at none all. whatsoever. Like every time someone pulls a gun out, you just know it's not hitting anybody. Nothing. And like they shoot worse than stormtroopers. Yes. And there's one point where someone leans out a car and shoots at him. You see the bullet enter <laughs> and the window. It hits the windshield. Like, where, like, at head level. <laughs> and, and they're just like, oh, nothing happened. He's totally fine. Like, that's the thing that kind of made this such a chore to sit through, is even, like, the action sequences, like, the Other chase. Other than the acting. The chase sequences are just boring. Like, it's just, like, hey. Everything about it was boring. Hey, you're going to run it half speed and you're gonna be like mildly threatened and inconvenienced it was very disney it it's whimsical like it's more whimsical than it is action and i I just i don't understand you bring in someone like nicholas cage you bring him in for his nicholas cage things like you don't you don't bring him in and be like, all right, hey, you're going to do this, 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 and this, but you can't do this. Like, hey, you can't yell. Hey, you can't be weird. Hey, you can't be crazy. And it's just like, why? You're paying him how much to show up and just, like, stand around like any talking head? I don't know. It was just weird. And, yeah, it's it's extremely mildly... Is it disheartening for you? Not. Not entirely As a lover of Nicolas like, Cage... As an enjoyer of Nicolas Cage, it is a definite bummer to sit and watch him. Because I feel like you're kind of like, I feel like that's better. That's more of what this podcast is looking at. It's kind of the last bastion of (laughs) someone defending Nicolas Cage. Because what your theory, a little bit of what's kind of piked my interest, kind of brought me back into it is. Because I was, as soon as we started National Treasure, I was like, this is garbage. (laughs) Was that really the fucking. Liberty Bell in the Antarctic or North Pole, wherever. I think those might be the same things. Maybe not. I'm not too keen on that one. Um, but it was a just drag, ass-dragging movie. Yes. And then you're like, I have a theory on Nicolas Cage. He... I do. I do have a theory on Nicolas Cage. He's going to win an Oscar. I firmly believe that at he's some point in our Oscar. lives... And in the rest of his life, he will win another Academy Award. He has won one. He was nominated for a second one in 2003. And I say, what? Okay. Where? How do you see this happening? I I will tell you. As he gets into that older... What has he done? As he gets into that old... He's done nothing of recent memory to make you think that he... No. 
And he looks like a monster. And he looks kind of like a monster. Yeah, he looks like a fake plastic toy. But as he gets older, it's going to become a situation where you have him popping up in these weird movies because he's going to be... Like, I just read that he's in the Oliver Stone, Edward Snowden movie. And I think what's going to happen is I think he's going to pop up in a movie like that (laughs) in a slow year, in a supporting role. And he's going to have all those people that are like, oh my god, this is like... Like, it's the perfect role for Nicolas Cage. It's the per Like, at some point, Nicolas Cage... So you think Nicolas Cage is going to have, like, a reconnaissance? Not even that. I'm going to put it closer to Jeff Bridges. Like, how Jeff Bridges was With the dude. Crazy was Heart. The dude, and then he and does Crazy Heart, and everyone's like, he's kind of still the dude, but, like, it's cool, because, like, he's, like, singing, and he's sad... And I think that Nick Cage is gonna like find a role like that, like Mickey well, Rourke with the wrestler. Um, Jeff like, Bridges is Jeff Bridges was kind of like across the board the same. Mickey Rourke with the wrestler that kind of even goes back to his roots of being like more of an independent right. actor. I'm I'm just whereas Nicholas like, Cage started as a more respected actor with winning an Oscar with Leaving Las Vegas yeah. and. It could happen to you, and his romantic comedy leads. He was mm-hmm. kind of a sex symbol a little bit. He was on that weird like Tom Hanks trajectory. Yes, and then action films came, and, and it was like Face Off, Face Off, Con Air, Con Air, and then he started making like sex thrillers. Like you had like Nine Snake Eyes, Eight Millimeter, yeah, eight millimeter eight all of which we'll get to in this podcast. Yeah, and then it just kind of goes off the rails. And he's just kind of doing whatever. Well, he also just witch, goes broke. Witch hunt. He goes broke. Yeah. And it's like... Like, and then he has movies like Matchstick Men. Exactly. And, and adaptation, adaptation. And Bad Lieutenant. And... Bad Lieutenant is an enjoyable movie. It's a little wild. And that's what's good about it. But it's not a, like, good movie. It's just more of kind of an insane, wild... Yeah. Like, what is going on here? Why is yeah. it? Yeah. It's very interesting. But, back to the National Treasure. It's, it's yeah, it's just a really mild movie, is the best way I can put it. it. You don't get a lot of the classic Nick Cage tropes. Like, you don't get him yelling. You don't get him having a freak out. He doesn't really do anything yeah, there wasn't weird. No, like, like, there was no, like... There wasn't Big no. dramatic scene. <laughs> like, I feel like every movie he makes... Usually he looks for a scene that's like, oh, that's going to play when they show the nominations. Like, those, like, big, ham-fisted, dramatic moments. And I feel like that's something that you can expect at least two or three of in his films. Oh, yeah. But this one just, like, that's, I think, what hurts it. And that's what kind of makes it such a bummer to look on. He's really even keeled through all the things. Even when he's in danger, he's he's like, oh, people have to kind of hang back and see how this goes. He is stealing the Declaration of Independence in the middle of a gala party. He's down the hall with the whole frame because he can't get it out of the frame in the room. Oh, yeah. And he's so being... he's he's standing waiting for the elevator to come just holding nonchalantly the frame with the giant, like the giant frame with the Declaration of Independence. Sean Bean and his crew are on their way to steal the Declaration too. The doors open. Sean Bean and them break in and they see him standing at the elevator and he just casually like looks up, like, oh, uh-oh. and then casually proceeds to block bullets being fired at him with, with the, declaration the declaration. Of independence. And weirder still is the bullets hit the glass of the case, 
And the actual document is fine. Because I think the, gla- the glass is bulletproof. Like, do you think they'd, like, actually keep the Declaration of Independence in bulletproof glass, though? Probably. Who can sneak a gun into there anyways? Uh, Wouldn't there be tons of security in a museum? No. And if so, that they don't have guns, most likely. It's probably some, like, dude in a suit who looks really official and is just a bigger guy. But then how... I just don't understand how you would get guns into a museum Dude, anyway. I, like, if it has all this the... This is probably the wrong medium to say this. But when... Uh, either way. But when Lizzie and I went to the Getty a little while back, it, you could do it easily. I just feel like that's such a more <laughs> high... Like, that's such a high-profile museum that has the Declaration of Independence, like, in... No, it's just... It's a... Uh, it's... Um, I think it's in Philly. Is it in Philadelphia next to the... Shit. I forget where it's at. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's like, in Philadelphia. So in that case, since... Because those museums have like lines and stuff, but they don't have a ton of security around them. Right. Maybe post 9-11. But now we've... We don't have that much security. It's in D.C., is it in D.C.? Yeah. Okay, because the Liberty Bell's in Philly. Yeah, the Liberty they Bell have, is. They also have uh, the old House of like Lords and shit like that, and Congress, and House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Like, they have all those places, and where the actual documents were signed. Yeah. And all that. And I just, it boggles my mind that he nonchalantly just uses this artifact that he needs so desperately to do this treasure hunt to validate 20 years of his life or more because he's like obviously older like Like, 20 years of his father's life so probably 30 years of his life like he needs to validate 30 years of his life by proving that there's treasure and he nonchalantly sticks the declaration in front of him to block bullets and like they're shooting at him he doesn't even look like he breaks a sweat like he's not worried at all he plays it like he's, like, the dude that's totally in control the entire time. And that's literally the worst, like, iteration of Nicolas Cage you can get. Because he's at his best when he's losing his fucking mind. Like, when he is having a freakout and a full-on collect... Like, Matchstick Men is not the best he's movie. Like, uh, obsessive. But he's, like, super neurotic and, like, doesn't... And, like, jittery what? and... Like, that is a good-ass movie. It's not bad. It's a good-ass movie. But... I just, I don't understand, like, the amount of subdued that this movie is. Well, see, as you said, it's a Disney it's a, movie. It's a Disney movie. It made so much money that they made a sequel. And I'm sure, I haven't seen the sequel in a long time. I'm sure it's just more of the same. Like, I'm sure watching it again would be a bummer. And but, I just... Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, I get the idea. I'm sure someone probably pitched it to him like hey Nicolas Cage did you love the Goonies and did you love Indiana Jones and like all those cool action adventure movies because we've got this one that we're working on right now that you are gonna freak out about how would you like to steal the Declaration of Independence because it turns out it's a map for a treasure hunt and I'm sure he was probably like what this is gonna be the greatest thing in the world and I just, I don't understand. And it's not only, like, was it successful. People loved it. 
People loved it. It's got a 7 out of 10 on IMDb right now. Oh, um, I don't trust IMDb. I'm on the IMDb page. And it does, It has 7 out of 10. What's its Metacritic score, bro? Ooh, I'll have to look. But the The weird thing, too, that doesn't help it at all is it's also like 2 hours and 20 minutes long. Oh god, yeah, it was extremely long. All it's, his movies are way, way, way too it's long. It's a movie that could easily be, like... An hour, hour 45. 40. Yeah, hour 40, hour 45, hour maybe 45 tops. Easily. But there's, like, this love interest BS in the middle with him and the girl from... Um, from Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. She's, like, the museum, like... Probably the only decent acting job in the film... Other I, than Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harvey Keitel is in this film playing a FBI officer. That's, like, on the hunt for, agent. The, for the people that stole the Declaration of Independence. So. Yes, he is out for <clears throat> fucking justice. He is seeking justice, which is another Nicholas Cage And movie. he's also rocking a goatee that, as I said, borders somewhere between he was shaving one day and decided... No, I don't need this anymore. And somewhere in the middle, decided to keep it. It's the weirdest thing. It's a very soft look. It's well, like for the, Harvey, the, Harvey Keitel. The mustache is really bold, but then like the actual like goatee part is super light. We have Shanghai Nights going on. In the, not to go off topic, <laughs> but we have. Uh, is this Shanghai Nights or Shanghai I think it's Noon? Shanghai Noon. It's Shanghai Noon going on in the background right now if you're watching it. And I forgot that there's a scene in here where Jackie Chan gets really high with a bunch of Native Americans. And just passes out. Yeah, and then just passes out. And they're just like, this is some pretty good shit. And uh, it, it it's really wonderful. We should actually, now there's a horse sex art thing up. We should really, we should have really done this with Jackie Chan. Instead of Nicolas Cage. I mean, there's always room for spinoffs. There is room for spinoffs. Um, where did we leave off with National Treasure? Oh, that Harvey Keitel is in it. Yeah, Harvey Keitel's in it, but that's not the important part, because we're looking at the (laughs) Nicolas Cage aspect of this That's true. Well, also, one other thing to note, his dad is John Voight. Oh, he not only got stoned, but he had sex with some random chick, too. This is back to Shanghai Noon. This is back to Shanghai Noon. Oh, and they're like, yeah, they're he's doing a walk of shame and shit. He's doing it. It's great. Um, but, yeah, Jackie, or not Jackie Chan. Hey, good shot for Jackie. The good, hey, the Native American chick that he betted with in this. It's like, yeah, nice. Way to go. Jackie For being Chan. all stoned and shit, not knowing he did. Jackie Chan, getting it. Like, if you're really messed up and you're able to get with someone... Who's like a 10 or so. Man or woman. This is, you know, either way. Good job. Because it takes a lot of effort to like... It does. Get that 10. And I'm not even so talking. Just keeping your shit together. You can't just approach people being a mess and expect something. But getting back to Nicholas Getting Cage. back to the point here. Um... What else is there to discuss? I, I mean, not a whole lot, because this movie doesn't give you a this lot. This movie sucks. That's, it's this just, movie really sucks. 
I mean, I would imagine the sequel might be, like, they might have upped everything. They might have, you know, the bigger budget. They have to go bigger. It has a cooler cover picture, I'll tell you that. It definitely has a cooler poster. It definitely. But it also seems to deal with Illuminati shit. It's got a lot of Freemason stuff. I think this movie was ahead of its time. Because, uh, I mean, now, like, the Illuminati... Is yeah, like, now but... everyone has... They love the Illuminati joke. But, in all seriousness, uh, I think it's the Freemason symbols. I didn't know it was also the Assassin's Creed symbol. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good... Um, a good moment. I just, yeah, it was a really... Like, there's not a lot to talk about with it, which is surprising, because it made, like... 200 million, I think. It made US. a lot of like, money. Like, it made tons of money. Spawned a sequel is, in, like, is rated high on, like, IMDb, so, like, audiences liked it. Yeah, and IMDb. Is unre- yeah, it's unreliable. It's murky. But the fact that, like, it seems to be, gen- like, the general consensus with the people, from what I can see, is, like, eh, it's fine. And I feel like that that's a cop-out on what we could expect from Nicolas Cage and what we have come to expect he, from Nicolas Cage. As you said, he's really restrained. He's extremely restrained. Why would you hire Nicolas Cage if you don't want Nicolas Cage? That's what I was saying. Like, I feel like he should get, like, rewrite Free Range or, like, every movie he makes, they let him write five pages. <laughs> like, he can just drop five pages of Cage, like... Right Every into the middle movie of the movie. Cage is in. He gets five pieces of dialogue. He gets to write himself. And they're usually always like, <laughs> are they only allowed to be a sentence, or he can, is he allowed? Is he free range? If he five paragraphs. If he free ranges himself five monologues in a movie, I am all aboard. Because he gets like an hour of the movie. Just he to just to do what he wants and just to react how he wants. Could you imagine? Like you're like, hey. You can do whatever you want. Here's five scenes. And the first scene, he's like, I just want to watch a chef prepare a nice dinner in a restaurant because I think it'd be a very pensive, poignant moment. Like, what kind of ideas do you think he brings to the table? Do you think he's, like, looking for, like, introspective, like... Like, for National Treasure, do you think he's like, there should be a scene where we're arguing about using lemon on the declaration because we have to decode the secret message, but then... We need a hair dryers and we're breathing on it and there should be this nice moment where like we look at each other and breathe on it all excited and then you kind of get like that childlike sense of wonder. Like do you think he like thought about it on that? No, I don't, I don't think he came up with that scene that that does happen in this stupid fucking movie. They pour lemon all over the Declaration of no, Independence. No, they're, they're trying to solve the, the riddle. They're trying to solve the fucking puzzle. And they have randomly have lemons to bring out whatever is hidden Oh, a lot of lemons. It's basically like a natural dark... Oh, yeah, there's an unhealthy amount of lemons. They're, they go to house. his dad's house. They go to John Voight's house. Yeah. And they're like, we need lemon juice. And he just happens to have, like... Like 30 lemons. A basket of lemons at the ready. And then they go to a drawer and pull out more lemons because they're using the basket. And then there's and, lemons in the fridge. And then there's more lemons in the fridge. Like... This dude is like a doomsday prepper All with lemons. lemons. In the world. Like he just expected one day I might need to decode something, and then he inexplicably has a hair dryer too. Like he just ran. Like they you know we need dryers, and they find two hair dryers, and they're drying the lemon well, juice maybe, okay, on it. Like well, how would John Voight's character, who is obviously widowed, 
Because you don't hear any mention Maybe of the mom at all. Maybe he never got rid of anything of the mom. You never hear the mom mentioned, though. The mom isn't even mentioned in the prologue no, in the know, first but scene. I know, it's like one of those things where it's just like, he just kind of, it's just kind of stayed that way. He doesn't bring it up or anything, but all her things are still around. That would give the movie more depth. Yeah, well, they didn't go for that. But they did not go for that. He just inexplicably has two hair dryers. Yeah, well, and, uh, yeah, like, he, he, he keeps suggesting, he's like, Maybe you should put them in the oven. They're like, what? This is an old document. We can't put it in the oven. And he's like, I'm just saying you might need heat. And then after a little bit, they put the thing and they put the lemon juice on and they see something coming up. And they're like, well, how do we make it? Oh, we can't really see it yet. We need to. Oh, and then one of them breathes on it and it creates heat. And he and goes. And then they can see the fucking numbers. And he goes, oh, see, you needed heat. And then these... And it's just, it's one of those, like, it's one of those movies that you, that I feel like was made so family is, like, you put it on and you show your kids and your kids get really excited because they, like, are solving it, too. Like, it's, like, one of those movies that I'm sure kids watch, like, oh, my God, I could be a treasure hunter. Like... Oh, most definitely. Like, oh, he breathed on it. He breathed on it and it showed up. I could definitely see Young Wee being like, I am, screw Indiana Jones. I am all on this national treasure train. I am all on the, yeah, like, I think that that's probably what they were going for. And in that regard, they kind of failed because Cage is just kind of miscast. Like, he really... It's his cash cow, though. It's one of his cash cows, like... It's super cash cow. One of the only sequels he's made, I think this and Ghost Rider are his two sequel movies. Ghost Rider 2 is so much better than Ghost Rider 1. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to both of those. But I just, I felt like... You have a lot of material to work with. There, He has over 80 credits We're going to have to buy these films, too. Or, or rent them. Uh... Oh yeah, that's true. Like hopefully. renting is a possibility, and hopefully, hopefully crackle and hopefully. hopefully they're available for rent. Which National Treasure is streaming now on Netflix Instant. We should should say that should let you guys. That's where know. we watched it. We watched it on Netflix. But I just yeah, I really don't have much more. Oh, in the end, it's just inexplicably resolved. Like I don't think we've even talked about the ending yet. Well, they discover the treasure. They discover the treasure, but they think, like, they're left for dead. Like, they end up in this place underneath the building, and Sean Bean betrays them. It's like a tomb. And Sean Bean betrays them again and leaves and is like, ah, ha, ha, I'll come back to you when I can't find the treasure again if I need to. And, uh, they just, like, they're down there, and Cage just randomly is like, there must be an exit somewhere. And he goes over and finds this, like, weird contraption, like, this, like, weird shape in a door, and it looks like exactly the shape of this thing that he randomly has is... Oh, it's like the Freemason. It's like a Freemason. Yeah. And he puts that in, and he has this other piece that goes in under it, and it pops open this door, and... It's the Assassin's Creed symbol. And then they find this tomb, but the tomb has been raided. Like, the tomb is just decimated and picked clean and the dad goes John Voight goes no it's okay like you found this tomb like obviously that means the treasure's real you've just validated 20 years of my life with essentially this giant pile of shit right you know um, not to interrupt but 
You go a long time now watching Jackie Chan do cool shit, and then you see Jackie Chan do cool shit, you're like, Jackie Chan does some cool-ass shit. I think the best way to phrase that now is Jackie Chan did some cool shit. Like, I don't think he's doing this stuff now. I There was a movie I think he had that was like Police Story 4 or some shit that came out recently where it's a bunch of him doing crazy shit. Huh. Yeah, he still does like films in China, I think. Yeah, I knew I knew he was still doing China films. I didn't think he America he had, didn't like, understand what we had when we had it. We betrayed Jackie Chan. Yeah, we did. We need to do more Rush Hour movies. You goddamn right, we need to do more Rush Hour movies. <laughs> but, but anyways, so they're in this empty tomb and it's all picked clean. And John Voight's having this moment like, oh my god, my life wasn't a lie and it wasn't a sham. But it kind of was because this is just. But it kind of was because this is literally just a pile of shit that's been picked over. Magic garbage. And. uh... So, Cage is like, well, there also, like, there has to be, like, an air tunnel. We have to have a way out of here. Like, I'm sure we can, we can find a way out of here. And he goes over, finds something, and then, like, he opens this door, and there's just suddenly just tons of treasure. Like, a room full of treasure, like what you would imagine. But it's there's not, it's like not like... sarcophagus. <clears throat> yeah, it's not like gold treasure. Like, it's not like treasure treasure. It's, like, the most inconveniently, like, it's buried under five stories or so of of just earth and under this this building like this tomb area train tunnels and shit and it's like how are you gonna get all this treasure at you like that's great you finally found your treasure the fuck how are you gonna get like a sarcophagus out from under the ground right so they're gonna drive in a delivery truck right like they're just gonna suddenly have a way down they're gonna use like the dark knight school bus system pretty much magic bus here we go <clears throat> And so they find all the treasure, and he goes to talk to to talk to Harvey Keitel again, and be like, "Look, I like I found all the treasure. Here's the Declaration of Independence. Don't put me in jail. Don't get the girl I'm in love with now. Right. Don't get this girl in trouble. Don't be giving my dad shit. Give my entire family credit. Give Doug credit too. Fuck it, he was here. <clears throat> yeah, give, give fucking Doug credit." Give my family and Doug credit for this and keep us out of jail and this shit all... He goes all Indiana Jones with... It belongs in a museum. We put this shit not just in one museum. We put this shit in every museum. Harvey Keitel's suddenly down with it because it's revealed like he's a Freemason. Like he's got one of the Mason rings on. And he goes, yeah, but somebody still has to go to jail for this, Nick Cage. I'm sorry. And Nick Cage goes, I know just where to go. In some random place, Sean Bean and his crew are breaking into a church for whatever reason because they think that that's where the treasure's going to be. And they get busted, and it's whimsical, and Nicolas Cage is kind of standing across the street in the shadows looking on like... I did this. Like, ha ha ha, I got you. And Sean Bean like looks at him and glares, and then like it's over. <clears throat> and it just seems like... I just I just hate to keep saying it's like a it's just too Disney a movie, but it's too Disney a movie. Like Yeah, it's like that fucking Avengers too. It just everything just gets resolved. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that fucking Avengers too. And it's just it's a weird Nick Cage movie. I like I understand he made it and it made a ton of money, but it goes against the types that he had like spent so long playing. Like if you had told me that Face Off and Con Air was gonna one day make a kids PG light version of Indiana Jones where he like is a treasure hunter. 
I would have never believed you. Like, I, the thought of him doing a kids' movie is astonishing to me. I would have believed it. See, I don't know. I don't think I would have. And it just, he just feels out of place. I think you said it yourself. He felt like it was just an oddly miscast. 100%. Like, and so it's just, it's a bummer that this is how, <clears throat> this is the film that we, we jump in with. But at the same time, it's, it's a good cautionary tale. Like, you go into a Nick Cage movie expecting to get all the classics. Classic Cage. And, and not you could all that still, is gold. You could still possibly end up getting getting gypped out of your cage. So you gotta be really picky with your cage. I think is the best. That's, that's true. Sometimes you have to understand which cage door you open. That is true. Cage, I mean, tell me what the cage bird sings. I'd, yeah. I'd, what? What? I don't know what that means. Oh. I don't either. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't really think of anything else to say. That was say a solid first episode. I think it was a solid. I think we'll get we'll get our footing under us as we get some more ridiculous cage movies. Yeah. I think as we as we kind of refine it, hopefully, you know, if you listen, stick with us. Um <clears throat> and we'll find uh, we'll find a better better suited for his abilities. Right now we're movie. in preseason. We're gonna work ourselves. We're gonna work ourselves into game into shape. Season. We're gonna be like Shaq in two thousand five, where it's like, all right, I came in thirty pounds overweight. I'm just I'm gonna play myself into shape. These yeah. first games don't count anyways. I'll be in shape at game forty, at least maybe forty five. But until then, like, I'm still eating all the cheeseburgers and... Yes, 100%. Everything. Like, yeah, there's... But we'll get there. I think we'll get there. I think it's a... Oh, you know, we, we started out... We started out well. Um, we hope you gave you some chuckles out there. Not too sure what the uh, release... What, yeah. ...schedule will be with this. We'll try to do it as often as possible, but um, see kind of... Play the field, see the, see the hits, see, see who's listening, see what we can get. Yeah, we'll see who's interested. Keep an idea. We'll try to do, try to do maybe like a cage movie a week, a movie a week, something like that. Maybe uh, something like that. Um, it's a lot of cage to get through. A lot of fucking cage. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you guys for for joining and listening, and let us know if. Things we can improve, things you liked, things you didn't like. Just let us know. Get the word back to us. We'll put up like a a social media site for like we'll put up like a Twitter or something, or like we'll put these all on SoundCloud or something. We'll get They'll them definitely there. be on SoundCloud. But we'll definitely have a SoundCloud, and then we'll just kind of link to them through Twitter. <clears throat> through tw- we'll make a Twitter social media. And yeah, just keep an eye out. This is something that we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to build we on. Promise, as it comes. it's gonna be so much fucking better. It will get a lot better. Or, oh, we're gonna hit movies like Left Behind. <coughs> um, we'll, hit- we'll we'll probably figure out some segments we can do, like talking about his hair. I don't think we focused enough on his hair in this one. <laughs> well, his uh, hair actually, well, even no, subdued. really, no. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We can kind of talk about that real quickly. Um, he had those sweet frosted he tips. He had frosted tips in the his beginning. Like hair looked like the realest his hair could be, but it also seemed extremely fake. 
It's just which makes me question where is his real hairline? His hair is just looks so fluffy. It to me looks like a like models a model hair. Like if there were plastic models of something, like how there are model yeah. planes. Yeah. It is the model plane of hair. And the best thing is as his movies go on, his hair gets wackier and wackier. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely start coming up with some good segments for him. Yeah, we just kind of want to jump into it, <clears throat> let the people know, get it out there. Get, get it out there, get the word and out. And get in the cage. Get in the cage. So that does it. Thank you for listening again. I'm Dustin Brewer. Please come back. I'm Cameron Heffernan. And uh, we are signing out now. Hopefully. <laughs> it takes a second. There it is. <laughs>